Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Hi, and welcome to episode number one of the Just Riding Along show reboot. How is everyone doing tonight? Uh, normal, good. So I'm doing freaking great. Holy shit. <laughs> How much <laughs> Izzy and vodka have you had, Kenny? That was too much energy. I'm going to dial it down to a six. But what's the scale? Is it like a one to ten with a five at, being the most? No, it's out of seven. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it's out of seven. That doesn't make any sense. But that's how it is. All right. Um, so for maybe those of you that do or do not know, um, the Just Riding Along show now we've, lives here. We've had an extended break, and we're back. Longest break in our history, a couple of months off. I mean, it's been more than a couple. And we really appreciate, we have gotten so many messages. Kenny, I don't know if anyone's been able to contact you directly. It's kind of like the Stig. Yeah, yeah. Kenny's always been like the Stig. But uh, Matt and I, just on our personal Instagram, I, I guess, not really, e- I haven't really gotten emails, but mostly through Instagram, a little bit through Facebook, uh, people... Wanting to know if we're okay and if everything's all right and if we're ever going to record again and that they really miss us. And we appreciate all of you. And we never got annoyed at all of the messages and emails. (laughs) I actually had somebody in person bring that up just the other day. Like someone in person, like, did they come to you and be like, Kenny, are you you okay? Blink twice if you need help. It's always really funny too, because some people will lead off with that, but this was a conversation where I was helping him with like random bike stuff and I was just treating him like I would any other customer, um, you know, which is probably pretty condescending. However, uh, however I do. Uh, and he was like, Oh, when you're going to record a podcast again, I'm like, Whoa, it just, it took me like off guard. It's kind of funny. You had forgotten all about the podcast at that point. <laughs> yep. Kenny's like podcast. I don't know if I have any recording stuff in here, and he like pushes off down the sidewalk with all of his belongings in a shopping cart. <laughs> so one thing I want to get out of the way. Well, in case you've just found us, we use all the words on this show. So if you were expecting a PG podcast, this is the time where if you're with your small children that you don't want them to hear bad language, you turn this off. Or if you just don't want to hear bad language yourself. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you don't want to as an adult, that's one thing. But like, if you don't want your children to hear it, I have another level of sympathy and forewarning. With that said, I'm not answering another fucking wheel question in my life. (laughs) Just not. Oh, we are definitely going to answer more wheel questions. I'm saying this now. I'm also saying that I will be proven wrong very shortly. But I'm not answering any more wheel questions until I do. (laughs) <laughs> you know what's you know what's pretty cool in all seriousness there's a lot of really good hoops out there these days like there's good hoops galore um i think there's still not like that goldilocks hoop at least for me because i'm weird but there's a lot of good hoops there is a few hubs that maybe are still not awesome but anyway that's my take a lot of good hoops maybe not as many good hubs i'm really still holding out for the zip to seven moto that's just like the slightly lighter and like lighter layup and slightly narrower uh, three zero moto. 
I think if that ever happens, when it happens, fingers crossed, um, that's going to be my go-to rim for all rims ever. So, so what is everybody's favorite? We're just going to go on this tangent. because So we're going to talk about wheels now that Matt said we're not going to talk about <laughs> wheels. Matt's going to get so angry. Well, this is cool because it's not about like I want to build a wheel and it needs to be $800 and it needs to be carbon and it needs to be indestructible and have a lifetime warranty. That's not a thing. So sorry. Right. But on what are you guys looking for these days for the type of riding that we do, which is aggressive cross country down country. I don't know what other acronyms slang trail riding terms. People trail riding with, with, tra- with long trail riding, rough technical descending. Yes, we like to ride in the mountains, and sometimes we go downhill really fast, but we also pedal bicycles, and we don't want them to weigh a zillion pounds. Uh, what is no your one... go-to width these days? So you guys need to start answering, because when I talk about wheels, I have to talk about my new bike. And while I'm y'all are doing that, I'm going to eat this Fig Newton, because I'm like a 100-year-old man trapped in a 35, 33-year-old's bike. That would be Werther's Originals. Anyway, so right now I am riding on my Spot Mayhem. I still have the Spot Mayhem. Uh, it's getting a little bit tired, not going to lie. Old uh, girl got some wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. My, my bike and I are both aging. Uh, <laughs> I just turned 40 back in May. Anyway. Damn. I know, right? But, well, Kenny, you're not, aren't you, you have like a similar birthday, but you're a little younger. Right? Yeah, I think I'm a yeah. couple of years. Uh, I still have to do math when people ask me how old I am. I don't know, but I'm. How about this? I'm almost forty. <laughs> I still have to do math. Well, mine's easy this year because I was born in '81 and now it's 21. So anyway, uh, I am currently using a borrowed set of three zero moto wheels. Um, they have Chris King hubs, which I'm. Uh, they're not my favorite hubs for sure. But I, I think I have a rant about them in past episodes. If you really want to hear my opinion, uh, but I. Really, but you know what they got? They got bearings and like they roll they do. and stuff. They, and they have come in like they come in colors and axles. They've got axles and bearings, and they're made out of metal. Can I give you guys a different really... axles? And they and they come from Murica. I'm going to give you guys something that you probably don't know. This, this is I no. There's no way. <laughs> okay, if you're looking at a picture of a Chris King hub, and you want to know if that hub is matte or gloss in finish, how can you tell if the photo is ambiguous? Meaning, like it's maybe a new product under studio lights, so maybe a matte product has a little bit of shine. How would you tell uh, those you two shine? Hubs apart? You shine a flashlight at your monitor. <laughs> Isn't it something about the color of the engraving of the logo or something? A, and you know this because I've shared it with you. Well, I know, but I forgot it. So a gloss hub will have a solid Chris King logo, meaning the letter C is all engraved or all laser etched. Like it's fully laser etched back to silver. If it is a matte hub, the the logo has a window like a, blind. Like a stroke? It's like, no, not a stroke. 
it's like they did it, and I don't even know how to describe this through print or through uh, <laughs> through audio, but it's like window blinds. Like it's only done. It's like there's a stripe of engraving, and then there's a stripe of matte, and a stripe of engraving, and a stripe of matte. So it's like a striped logo through the stroke of the letter, but it doesn't follow the stroke of the letter like all the lines would line up from C to H to R to I, S, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so, isn't that special? There you go. There's your Chris King but fact of the day. This is actually a an extremely heavy wheel set. Chris King hubs, three zero moto rims, yeah, like, straight gauge spokes. Wasn't it's like we weighed by, them. by the way, Matt, it's like a nine or nineteen hundred gram wheel set or something. It's or that 2000? was an amazing factoid. That was a that was a ten out of ten factoid. I'm very impressed. Hashtag Matt facts. Anyway, so you'll learn some things from this show that you probably don't need to know, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, so it's a really heavy. It's like a two thousand gram wheel set. Twenty one. 21 it's heavy yeah so it's a super heavy wheel set but honestly like other than the fact that i get frustrated because i look at like when i ride strava segments i'll have the qom on something or whatever and i'll i'll think that i've beaten it because i did i remember it's like oh i did 230 watts up this climb and i got the qom and then today I did 232 watts up this climb. Like, I feel like I did better, but I actually went slower for, like, more watts because these wheels are so fucking heavy. Uh, other than being heavy and slow when I'm climbing, for descending, they are amazing. They are so good. Uh, the 3.0 Moto Rim is just so unlike anything else on the market that it's, yeah, I mean, it's just really good. That reminds me, uh, and here we go on another tangent. I saw on one of the uh, cycling media websites they were they had an article about a new aluminum rim, and the aluminum rim was part of their marketing was that it is uh, compliant like the new breed of carbon rims that are compliant. So what's old is new again. <laughs> Well, like see, that was a selling point. Was it's compliant like new carbon rims? There's a meme that's like, actually no, but yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's like. Kenny, what what wheels are you riding? I am riding Knox Farlow's twenty nine internal with the XC layup twenty eight hole Aerolites. Brass nipples DT one eighties. How much do those weigh? Hmm. I should know such things. I think it is uh, taped and valve. They're fifteen hundred flat. Yeah, that's really that's, that's really nice. good. Yeah, they're nice. I like that. Um, Especially I like the for wheel. a Farlow wheel set. That's that's a heavier rim, slightly. Yeah, I think the XC layup helps a lot. I think it's roughly 50 grams lighter or something like that per rim. I've never had a problem out of them. They've been great. No issues. I don't think I've ever trued them. I will say, though, some feedback. I love DT Swiss stuff. Uh, the reason I bought these is because they were new. They were the EXPs, and I was excited to, like, as good as the old ratchets were, to try the EXPs. And... The 180s were the only thing you could buy in EXP for like a year after EXP was released. That was it. DT240 EXPs didn't exist at the time. 
So I just bit the bullet and paid lots of dollars and bought them. And they've been good. But those bearings suck. Like, they're so bad. I've had to replace all six of them already. And I never wash my bike. I never do creek crossing crossings. Uh, and they're all just crunchy garbage. So if I did it all over again, I would buy DT350s or 240 EXPs. I would never, ever buy DT180s. There's just no point whatsoever. Are they ceramic? They're ceramic, yeah. Well, they were before you replaced all of them. <laughs> now they're sand ceramic. Yeah. Uh, I did rebuild a few of them, and they definitely came back to life. We've talked about that on past shows way, way back in the day, that one neat thing about ceramic bearings is if you take your time, you can typically clean them out and get them back to, we'll call it 80 or 90% of what they used to be when they were new, which is pretty cool. Because everything is so hard, they typically don't have like chunks that come off of them when grit gets in there. So anyway, I rebuilt a few of them and they were like mediocre. And then I just ripped them out and put like Apex 3, just blue seal enduro bearings in. And it works way better now. So um, ceramic bearings do not belong on mountain bikes unless you are a pro or you are a dentist or you just don't care about money or you're <laughs> bored. But for the average person... Uh, ceramic bearings do not belong anywhere on a mountain bike. That is, that is my stance on that. Uh, also, Question. since we're this is going to be the wheel show. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so I have Matt a question. Be right after Matt says stoked. we're never talking about wheels again, this is the wheel episode. <laughs> I have a question for you, what's Kenny. Your, what's your question? Who is more opinionated on their? Like you believe that. Ceramic bearings don't belong on mountain bikes, right? I saw him sure. comment that on pink bike like 50 times. I would want to know, I want you to rate how strong your opinion of that is versus Jeff Kabush saying gravel bikes can't have aero bars. I want you, I want to know who's more opinionated on that hill they're going to die on. <laughs> I mean, here's how I look at that is I am the first to bash my own purchase. If I buy something and it doesn't live up to my expectations, I am not going to be the guy who's like, oh, yeah, it's this is XX1. Not that there's anything wrong with XX1. I'm using it as a random thing, right? Um, I'm not going to be like, this is the latest, greatest thing, and the internet tells me it's the best and it's the lightest, and so therefore it is awesome. If it sucks, I'm just going to tell you that it sucks. And I, you know, while it's funny, on one hand, I tell you that I don't wash my bike. So you could take that as I don't take care of my stuff, but I don't break things. Like, I just don't. Um, and I also do actually take care of my stuff. And I know when it needs attention. And I, you know, do free hub services and all the things. But just rolly bearings in Utah should last a really, really long time. And yes, it is dusty. But, like, come on. I've also ridden other brand hubs. Ones that arguably don't have very good seals. And they've lasted longer than these DT180s. So... Yeah, I anyway. Think, I think a lot of people complain about Industry 9 bearings going out rather quickly. And I do remember in Memphis, I replaced mine like once a year. And now I, mm -hmm. I think I replaced mine for the first time since I moved to Colorado um, not too long ago. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So on our wheel topic, something that is new, uh, this is as of, we'll call it about a month ago. If anybody has a uh, EXP hub, 
and in that production number, there's uh, you can just Google this thing, or maybe we can put a link out there. But in your production number, there is a three-digit number. I think that's part of the production number. If it has a zero in it, like 308, and then the rest of the serial number. If it has a zero in it, it is an affected hub, and you need to get new parts because it will just randomly die and um, not work anymore, as in your... Uh, ratchet system will not engage properly and it'll just freewheel and sound very stripped out and uh, your bike will not move forward which is a bummer so if you have that issue contact your shop slash whoever and uh, get that fixed and i've probably replaced oh i don't know 20 to 30 of them so far on floor bikes and customer bikes and the like so i haven't even looked at my own to be honest which is really funny i don't have the problem so I just don't worry about it uh, other than my bearings. But anyway, just putting that little fact out there. There's some manufacturing tolerance issues with the little drive ring guy. And they give you, they'll typically give you like both of the drive rings, even though one of them stationary and maybe like a spring and a free hub body. And they give you a whole bunch of stuff, which is pretty cool. So um, yeah, there we go. Well, I haven't had that problem with my 180 hubs either. Look at that transition. Uh, um, I've changed bikes since we recorded last, so... You had an Intense. I had an Intense Sniper, and it was set up 120-100. I was running the Sid Ultimate on the front, the 35mm version. My race day damper had a little bit of a leak, and turns out that SRAM wanted that back to evaluate and take care of. They didn't want to, like, have me service that myself. They wanted to take a look at it, so... While my SID was back at SRAM, I slapped a Gen 1 Stepcast 32. And just for those of you at home that aren't super nerdy about the Stepcast 32, they've updated that fork since the first version. So I have the version that's like more flexible. They've updated the crown to make it a little stiffer and stuff. So I had still a 32, though. But I had like the worst Stepcast 32. Like I had the most noodly 32 on the bike. And. I rode the bike with the 32 on it, and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. I didn't realize it, but I thought the sniper was fine. And then after riding the sniper with a fork that was like the perfect offset and the perfect travel and everything for it, it just rode way better. It was like ignorance was bliss up until that moment. Um, so what did, what did you change on that as far as like travel slash offset and all that kind of stuff? So it was like 120-46 versus 151. Gotcha. Oh, that's a huge difference. Or 100. I don't know if it was 51 or not. Was it, wasn't it the other way around? Wasn't it 120-51 to they, 146? No. The the oh. SID Ultimate is 120. The SID only comes in 46 or 44 or whatever the shorter offset is. Okay. Um, But the bike rode great. But I'm in this predicament where I'm like, well, I can't ride a 100 mil bike as my only bike. And bikes are kind of hard to come by. So come home. I do some digging. Which people might not like. They're like, what do you mean you can't just ride a 100 mil bike? Like we spend a decent amount of time on trails that you will often see people in like body armor and a full face helmet. Well, I don't want to go. Skinny. I don't want to go that far, but like, 
I mean, there's a lot of trails where the trail's two feet wide and littered with baseball-sized rocks for as far as you can see, and then you get to the next corner, and that repeats, and that repeats, and that repeats. So, you know, riding a pure XC bike, while if I could own multiple full suspension bikes, I would love to have, like, a Trek Super Caliber. I think that'd be a really awesome bike to have. But I came home because this is, you know, shortly since we recorded our last show that this happened. So I came home from Canyon City where we were riding. I started digging around on the internet and I fall in love with a bike and I did something that I've never done before. I got out the old American Express and I paid full retail for a new bike from the internet. I ordered a YT Izzo. And I think it's the Pro. I can't look it up because they've changed the models since then. But my bike delivered was like fifty-seven or $5,800 with tax and a spare derailleur hanger. They've since changed the spec, but mine is obviously carbon frame. Fork, shock, and seat post are Fox Factory. It has guide RSC brakes. No, G2 RSCs. Guide RSCs. Does it really matter? It's it doesn't G2. matter. It's G2, though. Um, X01 Mechanical. It had X01 Carbon Crank. I've since swapped my power meter on. Um, and Carbon Race Face Bar. And I... So you, have, you still have a cable-actuated derailleur? Yeah. Wow, that's insane. I figured you would have gone robots. Well... Hear me out, though. I own a robot derailleur, but if you had to put yourself in my position, do you want a cable-actuated derailleur on the bike that you're going to party the hardest on and then the robot derailleur on your hardtail so when you move from gear to single speed, you don't have to pull cables out of the frame? You see well, them? You yeah. have to I go mean, back. You should, like, you should Kenny, put Kenny robots doesn't on break everything. Stuff. Yeah, like Kenny doesn't right, break stuff. But, and... Kenny also doesn't ride single speed on a hardtail. Right, but you got to realize, like, I'm in, put yourself a little bit in, um, like, damage control mode. You just paid retail for a bike, so. But retail, honestly, is, like, amazing pricing. Oh, the last thing, the reason that we're talking about this bike during this show, that we're talking about wheels, is the bike came with DT Swiss XMC 1200 wheels. So, carbon wheels with 180 hubs, 30, 30 millimeters internal. wide. Yeah. internal um they're great i just changed a handful of things on the bike but you know the the bike is uh white did a lot of things that i wanted it to do and you know i'm still dialing a few things in and i'm still figuring a few things out and i definitely pinch flatted with Kushcore last <laughs> week so or the week before um that's just he was so mad that he was like being kind of rowdy and pinch flatted no i was so rat mad that for years I've ran the same tire pressure and I've had no issues. Except that one time that you broke a wheel. I wasn't running that tire pressure at that time. Oh, okay. Like, That's when you decided on the higher tire pressure. No. Like, okay, so we moved to Colorado. I smashed this Knox wheel running like 19 or 20 PSI in Colorado like a bozo, right? And then I started wandering my pressures up. 2018, penultimate year, I figure it out. I run 28 PSI in the rear. No matter what, that's just what it takes. And when I what got size, to, what size tire are you running? Two four. Man, you must go hard. 
Dude, when I got done with my Fuel EX, the rim didn't have any dents in it, but the rim was egg-shaped. Like, I had smashed the rim in in a spot, but it didn't bend the rim sidewall. Like, it didn't fold the sidewall over. It just pushed the whole rim towards the hub a little bit. Like, it had a radial so I have hop. a, I have a question about Cushcore. Mm-hmm. Sure. If, if you cut up pool noodles and put them inside your frame, your frame won't break, correct? I don't think that the I don't think the theory is even close there. I on. think that's the same. I that's what I've done on my bike, so I hope that that works. <laughs> is that why you don't did you take pool noodles and cut I got, little like, sections the, and the blown in like foam insulation. That's what that was my strategy for not breaking my frame. <laughs> so um yeah, I've been riding those that bike. Uh I, I still have a couple of things to dial in and really figure out. Um but you know, all in all, I really like it. I've ridden bikes that descend a little bit better than it, but I have also ridden bikes that weighed a lot more than it does. Um, well, yeah, how much did that one weigh, like, all said and done? So, ready to rock. Pedals, uh, cage. So, it holds one cage inside the frame, and you don't weigh your bike with your flight repair kit, because that's blasphemy. I'm not Brent Van Epps, so... Right, right, you uh, can't do that. But, so the bike... Computer mount, uh, cage, XT or XTR trail pedals, whatever I had, but trail pedals, um, you know, pedals with the little basket around the outside, real tires with a comfortable power saddle, uh, it, in extra large, it was 28 pounds, like not 28 and a half, not 28 pounds, 14 ounces. No, it was like 28.1 pounds right on the money. So the bike's probably gained a little bit of weight. I well, might yeah, it came with forecaster tires on it, which are light. Uh, and but... and I lost this in translation somewhere. What what bike is this? This is not the Sniper, right? No, it's a YT Izzo. Like it's a oh okay. So one thirty, one thirty, uh, hundred and seventy millimeter dropper post and handlebar mounted lockout. So big dropper is heavy. Um, it's a Fox thirty four bike, which helps make it light. And, but the, you know, the big dropper, the lockout, those two things are kind of heavy. Um, I mean, I don't think the bar and stem are heavy, but they're not made to be light either. Well, like trail pedal, you remember pedals are a pound. Right. But you know, like there's places I could probably skimp some weight out of the bike. You know, if I put like icons on it and then put like a sketchy handlebar and XTR race pedals and I don't know, like a, 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 like a short dropper post, like a carbon dropper post. Yeah, bike yoke post. I mean, I could neuter the bike and make it lighter, but it's definitely a, a good pedaling bike for sure. Um, so, you know, I've I've really been enjoying that. Um, and just like Kenny, though, like I saw that DT Swiss press release that all the major uh, cycling media covered, you know, pink bike, bike rumor. And I took the same route that Kenny did, which was I've had no issues I'm not going to bother looking at my serial number. Like, I don't know. Like, it also was supposed to be on, like, really new wheels, right? Or, like, the first run of wheels. And I also had this, like, strong feeling that it wasn't going to be on OE wheels, that it was going to be on uh, a wheel, like, a aftermarket wheel. But then Kenny said he had a bunch on bikes. So maybe I'll just check mine for peace of mind. The most affected ones are all of the specialized wheels 
All of them. Weird. Yep. Well, it's not, maybe uh, that's yeah. not weird because think about it. If they had a problem with a batch, like Specialized ordered a kajillion, and they're like, "All right, boss, here you go," and they like made a batch and gave them to him. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's not weird. Yeah, very possible to think that it went to like one avenue. Um, so, but I do have other bike news. Um, I've been riding my Diverge a lot. Um, been riding that bike. You got robots on that bike. Yeah, that bike's got robots. It beat boots when you click the clackers. And it shifts, man. It's real cool. Um, you got but, the um, you got the Japanese robots or the America robots, man. I got the SRAM robots. I got I've got the full mullet. So red shifters, red power meter crank, forty chain ring. So four zero chain ring, and then I've got a ten fifty two cassette with an XX one derailleur on my road bike or my gravel bike because uh, I've never been going up a hill and been like, man. I'm glad I can pedal this slow. So, <laughs> but that bike has 350 hubs also, and they work great. Uh, only have a minor complaint with them is the 54 two star ratchet does drag just enough. So if you're like spinning pretty fast and you stop pedaling like instantly, then sometimes the chain over, like the free hub overrides the clutch and the derailleur for like a quarter of a second. Like it's just like rip, but that's really minor complaint. But um, yeah, I went full roadie on that bike. I put road pedals on it and got road shoes and I've actually never weighed that bike and I'm not going to because with the whole like future shock assembly, I know that that bike is heavy and I know the only that, ways what my drop bar mountain bike does is the fork on it. I don't think it's that heavy, but I will say this. <laughs> Taco's upset about something. Taco's upset. um well the dog's awake um so sorry um you know sometimes on podcasts people apologize for animal noises and i'm like oh no please don't do that animals are wonderful um anyways uh yeah full road pedals full road shoes i don't want to weigh it because the future shock is really heavy but it's the best drop bar bike i've ever owned so I don't really care what it weighs. Obviously, it's lighter than my Crockett, I think, and it goes uphill really well. So that's all I care about. Um, that's what's going on in bike land with me. Um, and to make Kenny sad, yeah, I didn't just put robots on everything because I'm, I don't know, not. I just don't see a, ne- a need for robots on a trail bike. Um, also, when robots I order. pretty neat. We, we now have GX robots, and then we're going to have. Uh... I can't wait for the SX robots. You think they'll be made out of cheese? Uh, I don't know. It's a really good question. Why would they be made out of cheese? I don't. I don't know. I hope. I hope when SX Axis comes out that it's like really loud slash like crunchy, where it's like scary. You're scared to hit the button. <laughs> like, would it just scream every time you shift? It just be like ah ah. <laughs> I want it to have like a couple of different noises, you know. One is like you click it and it makes like a groan and it maybe <laughs> hesitates for a minute. Like a bad and groan it, or like goes. a good groan. Do you want it like so do you want it to be like or you want it to be like uh 
<laughs> no, no, a little less, a little less orgasmic, more, uh, a little more terror, a little less pleasure. No, think like an old man getting out of like a, a lazy boy. Oh, okay. So it's oh, I like... make that noise, and I'm not an old man. Right, because you're not, a like, woman. Where it does it, but it's it, it does it, but it's not pumped about it. <laughs> That describes so many married couples across the U.S. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, what other noises would it make besides groaning? Would it ever yell? Would it just yell? Is that when the front derailleur shifts? Uh, we're talking like SX, SX Mountain here. Andrea says so it's going to have a front derailleur. It's going to have a front derailleur. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I would like for it to yell at me like when you're out of gears or make some <laughs> unique noise. I think that'd be really cool. Like the fucking like Shimano a, DI2 that beeps at you no, when I you're just, out of gears. I want like when you hit the easier button when you're already in the easiest gear. I want it to be like a Nelson laugh. Like, ha ha. Oh, that was on a... I think it was on that Apex 11 speed that I had on the Ibis Haka, if you tried to shift, if you were in the easiest gear and you tried to shift to an easier gear, it would go to a higher gear. Like, it would give you Punisher. the... Punisher. Yeah, it would just, like, punish you by shifting back down the cassette to the higher gear. Like, nice. Yeah. That was hilarious. And then... Just I, a simple a simple nope. You know, you're in your easiest gear and you shift again and there's nothing there and it just goes, nope, nope. <laughs> And, like, if you were already in the 10 and you shifted for the 10 more, would it be like, easy, Hoss? <laughs> You're not that fast. Oh. Well, it's clear that uh, SRAM is never going to advertise with this podcast now. They're like, you guys no, just it's spilled fine. the... I'm not talking... You guys just spilled the beans on the next shit. shit. We can't let you have any money. Yeah, we know all about <laughs> the next two... Bu- See, that's going to be the thing when they do SX axis. It's going to be... Two by eleven mountain with a front derailleur, and it'll fit exactly four bikes. Right, exactly. We have no idea what we're talking about. No, we don't. Uh, so, do I get to talk about my bikes now? I mean, if you want to. So back in, I just looked it up because Matt was wondering, or he was talking about drop bar weight. Uh, back in April, I put together my old Rocky Mountain Vertex because no one really wanted to buy just the bare frame. And so I uh, put it back together. I got... I got to interject here. Okay. You didn't list the... You didn't want to list the frame at an attractive price. Okay. Well, no one wanted to buy the frame for the price that was attractive to me. So... I was holding on to it, and I really, really... I've always wanted, ever since I had that blue steel spot rocker that I had set up as a drop bar bike, uh, and then I switched over to the Vertex, which the reach was a little long with like the handlebar and stuff I had to make it a drop bar bike. However, Zip released a handlebar that has a shorter reach by about 10 millimeters than any other bar. So I got 
I just like did a little math in my head with the reach of the bike and the reach of that bar and the shortest stem I had, which actually is the one that Kenny sent me a long time ago. It's like a 45 millimeter stem. And I put it all together and it works. And so now I have an Axis drop bar mountain bike. It has a Sid Ultimate Fork on it, which is wonderful. Uh, it's it's fun. Like I love that bike. It's the most comfortable comfortable bike that I have for sure, just for like doing long pedaly miles. Uh, I've got that. Like I said, I've still got my Mayhem. Uh, what else? Are we just talking about bike stuff now? Or are we going to talk about general like what's been going on in life? Because I was going to talk about the chickens. I think we need to. I think we might have to actually, we should probably split that off into another show because there's actually so much to talk about. Let's keep it. Okay. We're, since we're kind of talking about gear, maybe we just keep talking about gear and then we can hit another episode on like a little bit of life stuff. Does that sound good? Yeah. Well, I mean, this. there's one question that I do want to, we have a listener question that I want to do tonight, even though it's not necessarily gear. Um, it's from Troy L. in Colorado Springs. And he wants to know, what does Kenny smell like? Um, that's, a, that's a pretty weird question. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, was, that was from Instagram. I can, I can answer that one. Okay. I don't care. Someone answer it. Um, I mean, because I've been to Kenny's house before. Uh, Kenny's like a super clean dude. I mean, like. I don't know. Like, I think this is, I mean this in like the most like complimentary way. Like Kenny's like, you want anything to drink? He's like, get anything you want out of the fridge or something like that. And like, I opened the fridge and like his camelback bladder was like neatly tucked into his refrigerator. So his water was chilled and he's like, oh yeah, and shit won't grow in there when it's cold. It contrasting that with like someone I know that's like, oh shit, I found three water bottles on my mountain bike from four days ago. Weird. There's mold growing in them. Andrea just walked away to swat some bug that had, like, got in the house, and she's flipping me off. But, like, I don't know. Kenny's a super tidy dude. Kenny doesn't smell weird. That's but to answer your question, I think it's a, a mixture of PB Blaster and Chicken Nuggets. That's. I mean, I figured it would be some kind of a, like, I was thinking, like, mac and cheese or something, like, really tasty and quick to f- eat since Kenny works a lot. What is your favorite sauce for chicken nuggets? Ooh, that's tough. I can say this is going to upset a lot of people. So uh, just be prepared. Like probably more, I'm going to get more pushback on this than we are from any manufacturer like SRAM or any of those folks out there. Uh, I do not like ranch. What the fuck? I know. People are going to be really upset. Uh, Did you know you can get Polynesian sauce at, uh, at Walmart? At the Walmart? You can get uh, Chick-fil-A sauce in like a Chick-fil-A branded squeeze bottle. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I just didn't want to like name the actual evil empire that made it. I was just amazed though that you could buy Polynesian sauce. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, is it also Chick-fil-A branded? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, because in my fridge, some one of my roommates bought a... Uh, Chick-fil-A, like the actual Chick-fil-A sauce flavor in a squeeze bottle. I thought that was interesting. But barbecue sauce, to answer your question, that is the answer. Where do, do, is, is honey mustard ever on the table? Figuratively. It's okay. I mean, all the, all the stuff is okay. I like Polynesian. I like barbecue. 
honey mustard's good buffalo all that stuff is good i'm not a i just don't like ranch well okay so i have a question about the barbecue sauce do you like do you like it because it's barbecue and like it tastes like you know traditional like southern barbecue or do you just like that flavor sauce outside of the fact that it's blasphemy to call anything that tastes like that barbecue sauce if you live in the city of Memphis or in any of the other cities where barbecue is popular and people make homemade sauce and it's pretty delicious uh, other than Kansas City which I think they make that like really syrupy weird molasses-y sauce which is gross but yeah, I generally, uh, yeah, that's a tough call. I would still definitely consider it barbecue sauce. It's it's fancy ketchup at the end of the day. It's like slightly sweet ketchup. Okay. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> is ketchup ever a good chicken nugget sauce? I mean, in a it's pinch, like a you know, fallback. like yeah, in in an apocalypse situation, <laughs> um, if you had to dip some nugs in some ketchup, yeah, I can make it happen. I wouldn't be very happy about it though. All right, well, I don't know. I think ketchup is the best condiment in the world. So ketchup and mayonnaise are in a tight one-two running for me. So We go through so much mayonnaise in this house. He uses a lot of mayonnaise on his sandwich. Yeah, yeah I do. And, for two reasons. That's, uh, that's what fry sauce is, right? Isn't it just mayo and ketchup? Yeah. Maybe a tiny and and for those fry sauce uh, enthusiasts out there, aficionados. Yeah, if you're an aficionado of fry sauce, I don't care if I'm wrong. Um, it would be like roughly fifty fifty in my book, but occasionally you can put like a little dab of mustard, and it just gives it a little tang. It's real nice. Or some hot sauce, like ketchup. I I do like if I'm gonna mix that that up together, I'm gonna do like seventy five percent ketchup. 25% mayo and a dash of Cholula. Yeah, you're going to need some hot sauce in there for sure. At least you have to put something in there, maybe even some like dry rub. Oh, yeah, I've got a little... Man, we got to make some chicken nuggets. I made chicken strips this week. I We need more. I'm happy to make more. So, um, yeah, for multiple... Have you guys been able to make any chicken nuggets from actual chickens yet? No, because a bear ate all of my meat chickens except for one. And we'll talk more about that on the next show. So we'll talk about how Andrea left to go camping. And she came back, and the number of chickens was reduced by more than half. Yeah, that was sad. It was a sad day. Poor Leroy Jenkins. How much? Uh, Re- not rest to in put peace, a- Leroy Jenkins. Not to put a price on your chickens, but how much is like a full size meat chicken worth? I don't know. I've never seen anyone sell okay a no, full size no, one, but a no, baby one seven dollars. Is... You can buy it at Walmart. It's seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're a lot cheaper. They're like I don't know three fifty or something when you buy them. You know, buy the like dozen as as day old chicks, and then you got to feed them through. I mean, you you don't. You're not saving money by raising your own chickens until you get into, like, I don't know, the hundreds of chickens, maybe, and the price goes way down. But what you are getting is the fact that you get to, like, I don't know, take care of them, and they don't grow up in a factory chicken farm that's 
not really the best place to grow up in if you're a chicken. So, you know, you they live a good life until they have like that one bad afternoon. <laughs> it's really good till it's not. <laughs> exactly. Like but but as a like a factory farm chicken, like its whole life is kind of shitty. So, you know, that's that's what you gain out of raising your own chickens. It's not Fair saving enough. money. Are we Matt's brushing his phone with a paintbrush? No. I have an iPhone and the new iPhone is waterproof. So I haven't ridden with my phone in a bag in like two years or a year and a half or whatever since whenever the new iPhone SE thing came out. And I just realized that all the speaker boards are like clogged up with like sweaty mud stuff. So I was like, man, maybe I should scrape that out a little bit while Andrea talks about meat birds. Have you guys ever broken a phone? Uh, let me tell you about breaking phones let me go first because it's a short story I've and I'll probably drop the one that I'm cleaning and like break it right now but I've had an iPhone since like outdoors days like 2012 or something crazy like that I've never broken an iPhone screen and I've never broken a laptop screen and I say that because I was thinking the other day got really close my dog got caught in my headphone cord. Like, a, my work laptop has, like, a headset, like a wired headset for being like, thanks for calling and talking to people all day. And Ooh, he, You almost gave yourself away. No, I said, thanks for calling. All right. Um, also, I got an edit button. So, um, I, uh, I, like, got really close to breaking a computer this week because the dog almost drug my computer off of my desk. But... <laughs> What about you? Have you ever broken a screen, Kenny? Because Andrew's story is going to take like two hours. No, it's not. I have, yeah, I have had cell phones since, ooh, I got my first cell phone in 1999. And I have never lost or broken a phone in any way. See, I broke so, flip and phones I, I, And I've somehow. had iPhones... I, I've had iPhones since 2007 or 2008. Whenever the first one came out, I got that. Um, but I don't upgrade them very often either. I keep them for an extremely long time. Like I actually have to replace batteries in them because like the batteries die. Um, but yeah, I've never broken one. I'm on an SE right now. Love this thing. It's amazing. And when I say SE, like we're on what the third generation now of SEs. I'm on the Second. first gen SE. But arguably the SE skipped and I'm not a big iPhone guy. It's that I had a five and it died. And uh, Jim uh, hooked me up with like an old phone of his that was like a 6S. And I always thought like, man, this thing's kind of like perfect. Like I don't want a bigger phone. I don't want a bigger phone. I don't want a bigger phone. And then find, like that phone was getting like pretty tired. And then finally they released the SE2 and I didn't necessarily get a new phone because like my phone was like, I was like, oh, new phones. It was more like my phone was pretty hammered and the battery was getting pretty bad and the screen was pretty scratched and it was like some of the buttons were doing weird stuff and it's like, okay, like new phone day, like let's party. I yeah, upgrade the- my iPhone when I get messages from Apple and they're like, yo, 
uh, pretty cool you're still using your phone, but we're not making software for it anymore. <laughs> That's what happened with mine. And at the time, I had a 5S. And yeah, it was like, we're no longer going to support this in any way, shape, or form. So, um, you know, new apps and stuff that come out, or any, if any of your apps update, they may just break. So I got uh, the, the SE that Matt has was not currently out right so i went and got an xr and it's honestly it's i like the way that it functions i like having the swipe up thing instead of the home button but i otherwise i don't like how big it is like i can't hold it in one hand and do stuff with it because i can't reach all the way across the phone and yeah i mean it's just a little too big so if i ever replace this one in another five years i'll get something smaller but yeah, I cracked a screen on this one really three times. A screen. So I cracked a screen because I dropped it when I was... It was actually this time last year, uh, about this time, and I was hiking... My on, phone was just sitting on the desk and it exploded. No, I was hiking on like the Argentine Ridgeline, which is haunted, by the way. I think I told that story. But anyway, um, right before I saw the Argentine Pass ghost... Uh, I was taking a picture of this beautiful sunset and I went to put my phone back in my pocket and just like missed and threw my phone onto a rock and broke the screen. <clears throat> and I pretty quickly went and got it fixed, which in Salida, Colorado, there are no places that replace iPhone screens. So I had to go to Colorado Springs to do that. Uh, got it fixed and the next week, maybe two weeks, I left my bag open on my bike, like my top tube bag, and my phone bounced out when I was going down a descent, and then it got ran over by a Jeep, and it broke the screen again, and then I dropped it face down, and like, this is way later, like I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have a broken phone now, and then not too long after that, I dropped it face down on the floor, and one of the broken little pieces popped out. And so there was, like, an open little, like, part of my screen. So technically I broke it three times. Two screens three times. And I think the, <laughs> I think the, the takeaway is, is, like, once a screen cracks, it's over. It's all over. Yeah. So I got it fixed again, and I got one of the little glass protectors on it. So hopefully it won't break as easily um, this time. Well, it's been close to an hour. Should we wrap this episode one? Yeah, we should. Up? We should wrap this one up with, uh, <laughs> for some reason, talking about iPhones. But hey, that's yeah. how we do it here. That's fine. That's how we roll. I mean, I broke mine while I was in the mountains, so it's about it's mountain fine. biking. It's yeah. it's it's relatable. Everyone's got an iPhone. I mean, not every. You just all the Android people are turning bright fucking red right now. No, I mean, their phones broke a long time ago, and not because they <laughs> dropped them. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's definitely bedtime. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. If you could do me a favor, the three of us a favor. Um, if you found us, I want you to tell two friends and ask them to tell two friends and ask them to tell two friends. And then before you know it, all of our friends will have found us again. So if you could do that, and that's this is this is sounding very Utah uh, pyramid schemey here. <laughs> <laughs> and well, then, you can also, if you have 
listener questions, uh, please. If if you end up with a bunch of JRA show episodes piled in your garage that you've purchased uh, <laughs> that you cannot sell, I'm sorry. I did not mean to make that happen. <laughs> Uh, you can find us at Just Riding Along Show on Instagram. And you can follow us there. Ask us listener questions there. If you don't do the Instagram, you're not, out, you're not on the gram. You're one of those people that doesn't like the social media. You can email matt at justridingalongshow.com. And if you want to be... I'm stalling here. I'm clicking around. If you would like to, if you'd like to write us a letter, uh, <laughs> you can mail that to. Uh, <laughs> all mail all the, letters to Kenny. Well, uh, yep, you're going to send that to. Uh, let's see, you're going to send that to. Oh, where, where's the where's the side? Here we go. It's just riding a long show at the North Pole. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Santa helps sort our mail, so. Um, also, if you want to be really cool like Ray or Evan or Brad or Matthew, not me in the third person, a different Matthew, um, you can go to patreon.com slash just riding along show. God, I think that's right. I think it's just just riding along on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash just riding along. There you go. Um, so you can go there. And you can support us because this costs money to make happen. Some money. It's not a ton of money, but, you know, if we can uh, not pay to put out our podcast, we'd be real happy about it. Right. It's kind of like the sock gnomes in um, South Park. Underpants Underpants gnomes. gnomes, Step three profit. You know, we're still working on step one, which is collecting the underpants. Right. So... Uh, but don't actually send those. That would be terrifying. So you can send those to Kenny also. Um, yeah. So with that, we're going to ramble for another 20 seconds and then stop recording. Um, are you ready, Kenny? You want to push stop? Let's stop. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads.